is lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Blue skies shining at me Nothing but blue skies. Nothing but blue skies. Uh, I think that sounded pretty good. Okay, great. Okay. Theater guy, just just indulging. Yeah, indulging. Speaking of theater guys, just indulging. Just indulging. Just just slurp slurp. Really. Today we have a movie that is theater guys just indulging. Yeah, big time. It's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Hello, I'm Dr. Movies. And I'm Rachel. And this is Movie Podcast Evangelion. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. A play written in the 80s by David Mamet and adapted into a film. Also by him. By him as the screenwriter and the director's name is... James Foley. James Foley. Now, do we know anything else James Foley has done? He directed the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Oh, must be the second two. Uh, the first one was directed by a woman. Yes. A oh, woman. I think that he's actually married to E.L. James. Oh. Who's the writer of Fifty Shades? I can't remember. Um. Well, he's 69, so I sort of doubt that. Also, it doesn't say so. But uh, all Yeah, this you're is right. To Men say, never marry younger partners. All right. That's, that's too right. crazy. You'll be able to get into your man-hating... <laughs> Later. <laughs> Plenty of fodder in here for yeah. me. Well, my point being, this director is not a, an acclaimed director of anything. I'm looking at his filmography. Yeah. The, the director doesn't enter into the conversation of what we're talking about today. I, I mean, really. frankly, even watching the movie, the director doesn't really enter into the conversation. Uh, I would Editor, go so more far. Likely. Yeah. I would go so far as to say this is not the the best directed movie. Sure. Cinematically. Yeah. That's not the strength of this film. No, uh, it doesn't really engage in that There's some questionable editing choices with yeah. the dialogue. Like there's, uh, you know, at least there's some, there's some interesting camera turns, some that feel there a little clunkier than others. There are a couple, there's a split diopter shot. Yeah, there's a split diopter shot. There's some good colors. There's some decent framings, but this... There, I would say there was probably more missed opportunities. I I thought the same thing in in multiple points taken. of the film. I was like, damn! I, it honestly left me in a couple of places being like, oh, I would have done blah blah yes. blah, or like I would have liked to have seen blah 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 yeah. instead of just kind of very straightforward. And it's it's very it's very tactical film in terms of like. It, it's not artistic in the language of film. No, or, or particularly aspirational. This is no. almost a TV movie. Yes. I would yeah. say. And it's uh, it's low budget. I have to assume that what... Uh, well, you didn't need a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a $12.5 million oh, movie. Yeah. I would say that, that that mostly went to the actors. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Who, by the way, just applause all around. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a movie... They say that theater is the actor's medium. Film is the director's medium. Mm. Well, this Turns was out if you just film a play, yeah. then it is and still the, the actor's medium. And if the play is good enough and it is written in a more cinematic dialogue style, uh-huh. at least to the extent that it is naturalistic dialogue, yeah. as opposed to heightened dialogue. Yes, sure, yeah. Um, now, the volume of the dialogue, and by that I the mean sheer the sheer mass. amount, <laughs> yeah. is very theatrical 
Yeah, it, um, it's people are basically constantly talking. Yes, the dialogue is the star of the film. Yeah, it front and center. It's the star, as yeah. you would expect from David Mamet, and what you might be able to expect on a stage more often. Yeah, than in a film. But I would like to ask you, Yes. do you think, like, were you, were you ever bored? Like, were you, did you feel that the dialogue as the showcase was enough for you? Uh, yeah, it, it was enough for me. Yeah, it was enough for me. It's very fast paced mm-hmm. and there's a lot of extraneous stuff going on that I do think that it, it does kind of make the audience work to really get at what is being said by the characters reading between the lines mm-hmm. when especially when you're sifting through like business talk and it's like I, like the, those details aren't so important but there's like thematically there are things happening in each scene that's like they're supposed to be getting across and so it's hard to be bored when like i felt i, I had to be like tuned in the whole time yes it's a, a movie that demands your it demands attention, your attention you can't do reading. anything else yeah um and in, I think in that way, you know, for that reason, you don't see that many things like it. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I mean, although sort of ironically enough, I think the thing that's most like it on television now is probably Succession. Yeah. Um, Which people honestly, you know, reading on the forums, people have a really hard time with Succession. Oh, yeah. They're just like, I like I can't follow. Like, I have to like get a digest after of like what was going on. Mm-hmm. Which is wild to me. But which whatever. is which is wild Not to me. Not to be like, mm, but I'll fucking talk down to you if you feel that way. Yeah. You look like a rube. It's like it's um, not it's not it's not that hard. So in, in the same vein of like. Yeah, I feel like I have to concentrate or yes. like pay attention, but it's not like some ununderstandable like, oh, I'm not sure what happened in the movie or I'm not right. sure what was going on here. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, and, it's well, demanding. Well, of course, we have to now say that the acting it sucks as you. well yeah. is the the main draw in terms yes. of like you have all you have Jack Lemon. You have Al Pacino. Yeah. You have pre-canceled Kevin Spacey. Yeah. You got Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm. You got... Ed Harris. Ed Harris, and a theater titan. Ed Harris, who, by the way, when I was watching this, I was like, who did... Like, he looks like someone. He and James Caan. Yeah, like, they look similar. Especially similar. when he got more bald. And, like, it, and like oh, kind of around this era, I feel like there's, like, some, like, a, like a... Like a Venn diagram of like when their looks tend like were very similar, where they were yes. kind of passing to the same stage. Um, I actually had a similar feeling about Al Pacino in this. Like to me, this is a very, uh, it was like a melding of like old Pacino and yes. like young Pacino. Well, right I, in terms I think of like it's his at the appe- direct crossroads. It's at the direct crossroads. It's his look. It's his acting mannerisms yeah. and like the stuff. That, it's like it was crazy to see that. Of like, he's about I see to become both Heat Pacino yes. and Send yeah. of a Woman Pacino. Yeah, and, and all, he's, you know all these yeah. roles that he has been called. You know, a scenery chewer. Yeah, for for he's entering the and sort he's of scenery into chewer. It a and he's, bit he's starting to munch some scenery in yeah. this movie. But I would also say that the difference between Glenn Gary. Glenn Ross and those performances from Pacino is that the base material of Mamet's play he doesn't have to chew as hard yeah. to get more out of It's the, already very meaty. It's already very meaty. Yeah. So it, it's almost as if I, I sometimes feel like the Pacino scene chewing of his later career 
Uh, well, okay, was... why don't actually we just make a direct comparison between a movie that we just both watched yes. recently called The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. So what I see in the performance like Pacino in The Devil's Advocate is he's desperately trying to make himself interested mm-hmm. in something that is inherently just mediocre <laughs> That's shit. such a funny way to, to say it, but yeah. Whereas in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you have in Mamet's dialogue it's every male actor's dream to do this goddamn play. Like I should, and I should say that I'm curious as to what you think about it because like I watched this movie and after like years of acting training and pursuing acting, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like really one for the boys. Like, and by that, I mean the acting boys. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and if you're not, if you don't get off on that sort of thing, like I can see being like, Oh, this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do. So, so, so it works. <laughs> it works for me. But I'm yeah. interested in like what your mileage was on that. Uh, I mean, honestly, okay, there weren't parts where I was bored, but there were parts where I was feeling burnt out. And like, <laughs> I was like, and I wasn't like, oh, I want this to be over. It's just like, whoa, more. You're just, just more. And it's just like a constant barrage. Now, I will say that as a, I'm going to, I know this is movie podcast Evangelion, but this is about to become theater podcast Evangelion for a second, that I think if you saw those same scenes depicted in front of you on a stage, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel as burnt out. Okay, I think well, you would part be like, of it Holy is shit, the editing. Yeah. Especially when it's like back and forth, thing. back and forth. We should like, say sh- that this ugh. movie is poorly edited. To the point where, like, it was, like, kind of gave me a headache sometimes. It's, like, I'm not, you know, like, I didn't go to film school, but, like, I don't know. I feel like I pay attention to these things a little bit. Yeah. And, like, don't edit, like, the, the, the splice points are, like, between lines of dialogue like back and forth like and tennis. the dialogue also feels like it's cut very close to Atley and they like they'll just start yes. running the next thing and if you next time you're watching a movie watch and see where the splices are in, yeah. in, in a given conversation and lines of dialogue are allowed to run across splices they're mm-hmm. allowed to be spoken out of frame there's mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of that in yeah. this it's, it's it's like everything boom, is boom, edited boom, yeah. on the word the person who is speaking it's disorienting and yeah. frankly i think it's the result of the fact that this man james foley is this is not like a director director he's not he doesn't have the juice yeah and yeah. you know um he does some things okay. You know, he basically knows what coverage to give you. Okay, there were like two cool sh- like uh when they they he does a, a pullout uh with uh when Jack Lemon exactly. and yes. and Al Pacino and Lemon are, talk- are talking in and, sort of and Lemon's like talking about how he moment. got the Okay, uh, actually, also put a pin in that word. I want to talk about the word climactic okay, sure. used here just now. But we're going to come back to that. But he's like explaining how he like tricked this couple into buying property mm-hmm. and it's like does like a very slow zoom out and like pulls out on on that like i thought that was cool that was a, that was a great moment and but there's not well, like a lot of it, it, it but it really st- sticks out because it's kind of one of the only things that has like flair to it yes. visually yeah there's some like weird like camera adjustments like pans that like are like okay like again yeah, like okay this is not the strength of this movie yeah um, there was one i think like you actually called it out where like I think they were like leaving 
the Chinese restaurant maybe mm-hmm. and like they go and then like but and the camera kind of starts to, to to follow them and then it stops and like it you you're still in the Chinese restaurant for like two more seconds and then it like hard cuts to us in a way that's like you didn't do this like it felt strange in terms of what the movie yeah. had been doing before. There's and it was some just like, weird. Why? What do you show it? Why? What yeah. is this? What but is this? Not, I don't know. It's not slick. Um, no. But you know what? Incredible, like great dialogue, great actors. So it's like I can yeah. I can watch past all of that he, other he, stuff. The, the frame is really tight on Pacino. Yeah. For, and when he's doing really subtle work. Yeah. But also very like, you know, sort of. Pacino. I mean, Pacino, <laughs> we should talk about the two main performances and then the Alec Baldwin performance is that (laughs) Jack Lemmon and Al Pacino are incredible. Yeah. They're on fire. Uh, Al Pacino is playing like this used car salesman, salesman, but like the God of used car salesmen. Yeah. Like he's the best. The Riz God. He's the Riz God. And Lemmon is playing like this guy. A sad sack. Sad sack. Like old Gil from the Simpsons essentially is based on it. Like just like this guy who's past his prime. Mm -hmm. He has like this old transatlantic accent voice that he uses when he's trying to sell. Yeah. uh, And he's using like really like outdated techniques. Yeah. Outdated techniques and, and a lot of lines. Yeah, all the salesmen are lying, lying through their teeth to just each constantly, other, yeah. to themselves and to their like leads. Yeah, um, and the entire movie. I mean, we don't really have to go through it because I'd rather talk about the the themes of it. Yeah, but um, it's well, just because a lot of like the movie beat by beat is like, okay, now they talk about this sale. Now they talk about mm-hmm. the, and it's like there's not like plot points to go through really like the only real plot is the burglary yes that's kind of it we can just summarize it like this it's a group of salesmen who have bad leads and they can't sell them because they're just shitty leads yeah and they want good ones they want good ones those are the glengarry leads but their management won't give them to them because they haven't proven they can sell yeah except for al pacino yeah uh, who is a, good, a better salesman than them because mm-hmm. he's just that talented. Yeah. And they feel emasculated and bad about themselves and Alec Baldwin comes in mm-hmm. and does his one 10-minute thing in the movie. He just their balls off. Just emasculates them in a very yeah. famous speech. We don't even really have to go into it. It's yeah. not always be closing speech. Yeah, yeah. Made him famous. I think he was nominated for I Best love Supporting the, Actor for it. Uh, the, my favorite, Brass Balls. The that brass part balls kills that he brings me. Out. We, we, you know, if you haven't seen the scene, watch the movie, but if you really need to, like, look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It has a bajillion views and yeah. a bunch of people underneath it yeah. who are just like... And it was one of those things that I knew nothing about this movie going into it, and I knew it was like... Uh, but it's the... The one with the Alec Baldwin always be closing. Right. Like, I didn't even know anything, and I knew what that that thing was. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about that scene, because, first of all, Alec Baldwin does it incredibly well. He's hamming it up as the dialogue requires. Yeah. Like, it would be it would be a disservice not to But he's really not going too on. far. Well, he's a salesman. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. these people are performers, is mm-hmm. what this movie wants you to know, essentially. Um, I think it's actually, like, a major plus of in terms of like the, the dialogue like knowing that the salesmen are performers yes. and they're already kind of operating at that really intense level wordy level yes, yes. it's like it's they like, have okay, a reason sure. to be yeah. speaking the way they do and the reason is to disorient and confuse the listener yes, to, to, <laughs> to sell you and you know to, to essentially like sell the marks yeah you know yeah and um these people might as well be marks their leads it's it's all the same thing yeah and it's interesting that, well, I should say that scene was added to the movie. Oh, interesting. It wasn't in the original play. 
And I think it makes a lot of sense because it establishes the stakes of the movie in a very clear sort of... uh, that's like the inciting action, if it's I were to use like action. a very simplified term. Yeah, and it's it's the most sort of flashy part of the movie. It really like, yes. for people watching a movie who aren't expecting it to play, you need something kind of attention grabbing. Yeah. And that accomplishes it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well done. It's well written. I think, it's also like the most dynamic in terms of camera movement. Yes. And it's got the most stuff going yeah. on. And I think, you know, at the time, I think some people were like, this is a bit much. Uh huh. Um, okay, I'm sorry. A bit much, like how? Well, just like this is this this like it, you brought Alec Baldwin a Baldwin in to come and like crush a monologue oh, in your I movie. See. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Um, okay. It felt a little Hollywood. Yeah. Right. As yeah. opposed to like play. Yeah. And but I, I think you need a little bit of Hollywood mm-hmm. if you're gonna. Plus, then of course the Hollywood actors that you get. Sure. But, like to make this play work on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that that guy is everyone now or like a lot of like, that's like hustle grind culture. Yeah. That was like the hustle grind set Twitter guy, TikTok guy of the time. Yes. Like I feel like you need him represented. He is like an (laughs) avatar of the eighties hustle grind set. Yeah. And like seeing how people behave today that is not far-fetched. No, no. You know, like... No, it's it's all related. It's like, it's coming exactly. from the same root system. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, my my thought while also watching that was like, this... I'm mean, Same with like, you see like, like Wolf of Wall Street, whatever. It's like, oh, like this isn't like how it is today because Correct. like, in like, a, in like a one-to-one sort of way. Like this isn't how, except for like, I don't know, like small scammers, whatever. Like this isn't how like sales are done, but the psychological techniques exactly. are still in play. This isn't how people get fucked anymore, yeah. but people are still getting fucked yes. this essential way. Yeah. And so this movie is kind of a period piece yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. ways, but like, sorry, but like this movie has never been more relevant. Yeah. Like you thought that like everyone's writing about capitalism now. Well, David Mamet was doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. yes, he became a right winger because <laughs> he got successful and that happens. And that's what happens. But like this movie is, we are all fucking Jack Lemmon yeah. in this movie. Yeah. We are all Ed Harris in this movie. Mm-hmm. We are peasants. Yeah. We are fucking Scraping by. techno-feudalist peasants who are just as pathetic and rent-seeking and cloying and desperate as the marks they and, seek out and diminished yeah as jack lemon is in this movie and if yeah. you you will see some of yourself in jack lemon's character if you watch this in movie. the desperation and you will recognize ricky romano ricky roma ricky, Ro- ricky roma yeah. Al Pacino Richard character roma. as someone it's like you know that guy yeah, you know that guy on the internet now it's yeah. like all, every the, the the packaging of all these types of guys has yeah. shifted yeah but this is now. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. It's it's kind of strange in that, like, visually, it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the core of it, it's like, yeah, but this is this is still how it how it works. Yeah. People uh, say slurs. People talk a little differently than they do now. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially, it's... I mean, people still say slurs People now, still but, say slurs. But not yes. these ones in, in particular. Don't get thrown around yeah. as much. But it's like, okay, it was the 80s. I think that's how, that's how it yeah. went. It's, it's a rougher around the edges... Yeah. Slice of culture. 
Yeah, it's certainly that like it's it's not yuppie culture though, right? Because it's it's that it's an underbelly. Well, it's it's the it's what's supporting it's the, the yuppie of, culture, like, the striving bourgeois. Yeah, who, like yeah. because like uh, this this thing that comes back all the time in the dialogue is that the salesmen see themselves as above the management mm-hmm. because they're actually out there in the streets like literally yeah. saying that they're in the streets like hustling yes they're like, and we we were out there learning on the job yes. like out on sits and whatever clo- they're the ones closing yeah and that to them is masculine and we should say yeah. there are no women in this movie this movie is just, as there much are about, literally known uh, no women yeah. there are no even women's voices nope. like, period this is a movie about Capitalism, sorry. I would say like the and main woman character is actually someone who is emasculating her husband. She's off screen, but yeah. uh, Jonathan Price's You're right. wife. Well, we should talk about well, that. Yeah. Get, 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 there's, yeah. there's a lot to get into over there, but... Uh, That's a great scene. It's a great, <laughs> it is a great scene. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like the salesmen think, like they're like, we're the wolves, and mm-hmm. like we're hungry, and we're out there getting after it. And the management, it's your job to help. And if you yeah. can't help... Then do nothing. And then who, like whose fucking nephew are you? Then whose nephew you are you? Yeah, got this job managing us when you don't actually do anything. Yeah, which is interesting because like even Ed Harris's characters is just like they don't even do anything for us. We should just steal the leads. Like yeah. all they do is provide us the leads. But yeah. if we just had like if we controlled the means of production, mm. we would be able to do this ourselves. Yeah. So we should steal the leads. Yeah. And. It, 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 what's weird is that like this was maybe at this time like this was one of the few representations of that like stru- bourgeois striver mm. who like maybe like he doesn't think of himself as working class right he's a working man yeah but he's not working he's class above. because he can make it yeah he's like an, a salesman like artisan yeah he's doing something yeah unlike the management mm-hmm. but Really, but he's also like kind of on, the, on the on the cusp of I can make it if only dot 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 if only right. whatever that is and that's the management in this case they see that as like the the main obstacle here but then in the end it like it management has the upper hand at the end yes like that's kind of and that's the outcome it's because like, they never control. Mind. The they control the means of production. production. Yeah. yeah, they control the cops, mm-hmm. and can... and they control the cops literally. <laughs> literally uh, control the cops. So that's we're great. investigating this robbery. Um, yeah, and it's just a, a level of sort of um, it's a picture of both class awareness and class mystification. Yeah, sure. That you don't you don't see that often. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a very welcome depiction of it. I find it surprising that this movie is as popular as it is, I suppose, or mm-hmm. like this like well-referenced in popular culture because to me, like, so when we're sitting, it's like, this is like a, a film bro movie, I guess, but yeah. I, but it's like, but it's different. Like I would say that like, this is so different than like Fight Club. I'm like this yes. isn't like this isn't this isn't that kind of film bro movie no. because this asks way more of you and has a bad ending. Yeah, it's closer to like a Scorsese movie. Yeah, I would say yeah. or a Brian De Palma movie or, or something like that. Yeah, it's a little more de- because of the actual content. It's just it's more demanding, I yes. suppose. Um, um, it and it is kind of like it is kind of like fuck. The, it is it, it is kind of about classism, and it is, this is a, this is a leftist movie. 
ironically than yes. knowing what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mamet in his early career was concerned with, I mean, he would never have described himself as a leftist, but he was doing leftist, leftist art. Yeah. Like sure. he was, whether he wanted to be or not, he was. And then mm-hmm. he completely turned his back on it and became like a, at first, like a neoliberal obsessed with the culture war, and now just like <gasps> no, a fully culture war, <laughs> fully just a conservative cultural war obsessed dolt. Oh, um, that, that's really too bad. Daughter who's on girls. Um, oh, yeah, that's which, Zoja Mamet. Oh, yeah. Oh no way. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Okay, Nepo baby. Nepo baby Zoja Mamet. You're on notice, <laughs> bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> leave that in. Leave, like leave it in. Leave like it in. Okay, I think that we should get into some of the scenes that we want to we want to yeah. talk about since mm-hmm. we're not going to go kind of beat by beat. No. Um. That'll, so, that'll take us into more of those themes as well. It'll it'll take us into more of those themes. Um. Okay. I so. I would like to talk about, I, I'm going to end up talking a lot about Al Pacino just because mm. his performance is so rich <laughs> in this. Uh, it's a rich text. He is so funny in this as well. Like he just like the funniest possible line readings and mm-hmm. his com- comedic timing. Like it's like, what does he say? What's the line that he says to Kevin Spacey? It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Asshole. <laughs> what are you doing? Asshole. Asshole. He's, he, he, he's doing all the vocal flourishes, but what I actually honestly think is incredible about his performance is his attention and his point of view about what his attention is on is yes. always crystal clear. Yeah. And if you know anything about acting, you know it's actually not the fucking flourishes and the line readings <laughs> that are the real bread and butter of it. It's where the fuck is your attention? Mm-hmm. What is your objective? What do you feel about everything and are you reacting in real time to it and, and he is doing that yeah. every nanosecond yeah and if you, and if that's not what you understand about al pacino it should be the first fucking thing you understand about al pacino get him because that's why he's one of the greatest actors of all time yeah um regardless of some of the choices he's made but he's making a lot of choices in here yes. that add even just like these like brief moments of like spice into a scene where like you see his attention go in one direction and it's it's like a little bit of like a what's it called like the Kuleshov effect where it's like the juxtaposition of two shots that makes you read into yes. the the expression of it so it's like it, it, there's somewhat of that mm-hmm. but i but i'm thinking of even times where uh, I think like Ed Harris is out. No, it's uh, it's when uh, Alan Arkin is. He's like, uh, well, I, I, they're insured, right? I hope they're insured. He's like, yeah, like what? I, yeah, sure, whatever. And but you can see the the the, the wheel, gears the turning. gears turning. Like, why is he saying that? And then like he kind of like hones in on Ed Harris. And I felt why I was like, oh, like he knows that like Ed Harris is involved in this somehow. Yes. Like there's like a very that's, clear. That's not dialogue. It's not dialogue. That's, no, that's all Pacino. It's all Pacino. Like, yeah. it, and an actor doesn't have to do that. No. A great actor does. Yeah. But a, like a good enough actor, yeah, he's just like reading his fucking lines, yeah. you know, with emotion. With emotion. <laughs> That's not what Pacino's doing. No, he's doing, he's doing even more. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Paul Heyman. <laughs> it reminds me of Paul Heyman who's a, who always knows exactly what his point of view is yes. and what he's supposed to be delivering for the scene. Every moment. Two great actors. <laughs> Two great actors. Paul Heyman and Al Pacino. Pacino both from New Paul. York, motherfucker. New York. New York men. Hell fucking yes. Okay, so, all right, let's get into some Al Pacino stuff. I want to talk about the scene of Jack Lemmon and there's 
like the zoom out and he's you know telling mm-hmm. him. So this it, it it's it starts with you know Jack Lemon is like leaning over Pacino's desk, and he's like starting to tell the story of of the conquest. Yes. Um. And he's been having a hard time. Selling, having a hard time. Finally closed. Finally the deal gets in into like it. Four in the morning. And uh, this gets interrupted by Ed Harris, who gets into like a verbal fight with Pacino. And so this has a lot something that happens a lot in this, where you actually notice Pacino using his distraction technique with other characters. Like, so the same way that he does with, uh, with Jonathan Price's character, when he's trying to like get him to talk about the deal and he's like, Oh, well I'm talking to you, but I'm talking and I have this, this over here. He does that in almost all the scenes that he's in. Like there is like commanding the attention. He's directing it. Like like any good con man does. Yeah. He is guiding your attention to what he wants you to be looking at. Yes. A hundred percent of the time. And, Yes, the dialogue is doing it, but Pacino's doing it with his eyes. He's doing it with his eyes. He's directing you're the audience's Body language. Yeah, 100%. So it gets interrupted. Jack Lemmon had just kind of been getting into it. Ed Harris storms off. uh, And And we should say that Ed Harris is in a rage at Al Pacino. A rage. And Pacino is like, he's he's he's, laid back. He's just like, oh oh my gosh, like this guy's yelling at me. But this movie is all about status. Yes. And where it shifts, who has it, in what situations they have it. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, like Pacino has all the status. Yeah. He he's, made the big his sale. His job is secure because yeah. he's a good salesman and Ed Harris's is not. Yeah. And he doesn't have to listen to Ed Harris's shit. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't. So he doesn't. And he puts him down about it. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Ed Harris is asking him about the, co- he's like, well, did the contracts make it? He's like, why do you care? What do you mean? Like, why would I? He's like, you haven't made a contract in months. Like why? And just like the kind of casual way that he dresses him down Mm -hmm. while Ed Harris gets more and more furious. It's like, that's, that's a status move. That's yeah. a power move. Yeah. Like I'm totally like this even, doesn't even register. He like tries to protect his feelings sometimes, which only comes off as more patronizing. Even and, worse. Like, more yeah. Controlling. And at the same time, he's like having this conversation with Jack Lemon about the sale that he closed, which is also making Ed Harris angry because now he has to hear about Jack Lemon talking about the sale that he closed at the same time. It's called good dialogue. That they're having this fight. This is called good scene. Good scenes. Uh, so uh, Lemon sits down and uh, Pacino has, whatever like Ed Harris leaves there's like some sort of break and he's like all right well all right so you're down to your shirt sleeves and like and like they're and you're getting a drink and he's like and Jack Lemon's like well what he's like the the sale and kind of like prompts him to continue the story of the sale Mm -hmm. and my thought was oh my god Al Pacino's character is so horny for this like yes like legitimately like sexually aroused by this it's the attention of a man who is a true connoisseur of his craft which is the sale yes he is both both Lemon and Pacino are genuinely excited by the act of selling. Yes. It's clear that it is money to them and money is their God, but it's also about the game. The, 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 the taking of it is just as good as the having. Yeah. Um, and as he's tell, as Lemon is telling this story, Pacino is like wrapped and he's in making attention. these facial expressions. Like he and so he's going like every mm. inflection. Yeah. Um, with like genuine attention. Yeah. And it's just, it's wonderful to see them just, uh, like play off each other like that. Yeah. Um, as like, just like two people who understand each other. And-, and and during this whole part of the conversation, it's very tight shot reverse shot yes. basically. And it's like, again, kind of an annoying over it. overdoing it, overdoing it. But it does make the moment where like, uh, 
like Lemon thrusts his hand across the table, like to like demonstrate to Pacino like how he closed the deal. Mm-hmm. And they shake hands and it's like, and like, like, wow. And like, like, and like, that was it. Like, that's how I got the deal. And so then the shot switches to like that slow kind of pulling out yeah, shot. It's, a, it's, it's a like a break. two shot that pans back. Like That's, Dolly's yeah, back. Yeah, Dolly's back. Um, and, and it's it's very effective. It's, and, and, but it, it hits right at the moment of, of climax of like when they made the deal. It like the, the, the ink is on the line. He's, she shook the hands and now it kind of, it, it, the editing just stops in, mm-hmm. in that way. And it starts to do that, that dolly out at the same time in that exact same shot that Pacino, like he's sitting kind of facing the, facing the camera. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that like, you know, they shake hands, Pacino, when it cuts out, leans back and, I would have to rewatch it, but either it is this or it is very similar, very close in area. It looks like he's taking his hand away from his crotch where his legs are crossed in front of we him. It. And it's just like that with like the, just like how charged the conversation yes. is when they're like, he's like, he's getting it. He's getting one over on these idiots. Like he sold them. He like, he made them buy eight units, $82,000. He closed it. It's erotic to him. It's and, it, to both, and he's just like, he's and, introduced. And, and Pacino's like, tell me more. I want to hear all the juicy details yeah. of how you close this deal. Yeah. It's insane. It's an insane it's very scene. very effective. Yeah. Well, the, the character is introduced as he's closing a sale. Yeah. In a Chinese restaurant with Out Jonathan a bar. Price. Yeah. Who he's gotten drunk. Yes. And he's just like talking about things like metaphysics to yeah. him. He's just like, you, you remember you the best fuck you ever had? Yeah. You it's probably like, remember, like, it wasn't the orgasm. You don't remember the orgasm. You remember her, her arm, arm on across your, shoulder. your neck. <laughs> what are we all doing here? I don't know. I'll try to make a sale. But what I'm really just asking is like, what do you want? What do you want this to be, man? He's like, we're all queer. You know, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's just like monologuing about just like the nature of life. And Jonathan, and Jonathan Price is, is drunk is just like, yeah. Wow. Dude. He's like, like, wow. So and then he eventually pulls out the pamphlet. Yeah, the brochure. And he like, yeah. he's just like, I don't know. This is proper. He's like, look what at this beautiful this? photo. You know? Like, what? what is this? You you tell me. And that's essentially the act break. Yes. Because then we go to the next day and a, and a robbery has occurred. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just an incredibly well written seduction scene. Incredibly. It's, just, and then it's it, one of the six scenes. And then it know? continues when... Jonathan Price comes back to say yes. like, hey, I actually need you to not, like we have to cancel the I, deal. I was drunk when I signed and that. My wife, and my wife is furious. My wife is furious. And she's she gonna told leave me. me. She's gonna leave me. She told me I have to come down here. She told me I cannot leave. And like, he keeps emphasizing that like, it's not me, it's not me. Like it's my wife, like my wife told me, like she was very clear, like I have to yes. do this. And, and Al Pacino's this like, is, come on, man. This is like, this is where we go full fucking Stanislavski. Yeah. And we're just like, okay, so this guy's objective is I need to get out of this contract. And Al Pacino's objective is I need him to wait three days. So that he so cannot. So his check clears and I get my fucking Corvette. Yeah. Like those are the stakes. Of There's the like a long scene where they're debating about what three business days means yeah. and like when it applies. And he's willing to use every trick in the book to do it. He's willing to ruin this guy's marriage. Ruin this guy's to get this to car. make this to make. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? And it's like it turns out you actually hear later on where like it, it turns out that the, the check was not actually the contract wasn't processed yet. Mm-hmm. And Pacino's really mad at Kevin Space and he's like, you cost me six thousand dollars. And my thought was like, oh, my God. Only $6,000 right. for the amount of 
effort and like that he was going he was gonna ruin this guy's marriage and he's like and he starts to talk to him like man to man he's like sometimes you just need another person to talk to like what's going on at home he has Jack Lemmon participate in this elaborate and he emasculates him he's like are you gonna get out of this contract because like your wife you know like women they're impulsive they get scared of like making money and like being successful he's like I don't need to leave the contract on the table I want to go to the bar and talk about your marriage like it sounds like you're in a real bum you know like but but all more subtle than that yes. I want to be very clear like <laughs> very clear the themes of this movie are are crystal clear which is just that like these people are they're enslaved awful. to yeah. a god of capital yes. and also far more precarious in their own relationship to money and finance than they're willing to admit to themselves they are not Alec Baldwin they are not Alec Baldwin but they wish to be him yeah or think of themselves as a temporarily Ricky Roma definitely thinks that he is an Alec Baldwin a temporarily embarrassed millionaire yeah you know um they they talk about streaks all the time Mm -hmm. you know and so what I want to say is this this is this is how you make a movie about quote unquote the alienation of capitalism right Mm -hmm. without a, ever alluding to the idea yeah. in words. Yeah. And B, it works because the themes are so potent because it's about their psychological relationship to it. Yes. Yeah. Not even necessarily their, like their material relationship, sure, that's the plot, but it's their, their conception of themselves. A hundred percent. I mean, so you see it when... Like Jack Lemon, kind of sad sack, and then he comes in the next morning and he's like, "I close that eighty-two thousand. And his whole demeanor is whole different. demeanor is different. He's, he's a wearing different, different clothes. Yeah. He's like wearing like kind of like a nicer suit that he he's went to go close up. He's pepped up. He talks so much shit at Kevin Spacey when the night before he was. Begging, begging on his knees begging for a lead begging for help willing begging, to give him any like anything, money like you any know. amount he's like i'll pay you 50 dollars for every lead on top of 25 percent of my commit like whatever and all was. the salesmen are right like they don't have good leads like even they're bad even yeah Roma Al like, is just like this. well i couldn't yeah. sell this like yeah. as good as i am like this is bullshit yeah like, it can't and- happen but it because his uh jack lemon's because he is, he's, I guess, like visited by the god of capitalism, mm-hmm. comes in a totally changed person. And we know throughout, like, we, we see that like, there's something going on with his daughter, that she's sick yeah. in, in some That's way. all we need to know. She's sick. We don't get into the details. We pick up on that part. And it turns out that he's the one who stole the leads. Mm-hmm. In league with in, in league Ed with Harris Ed, and Alan Arkin. I mean, did Alan like, Arkin even like do anything? No, he was know. just a dope. He's a he was goof. Just like a he's goof. just a goof, just and a he's a fun idiot. goof. He yeah. does a great job. Um, but it's it's hard to his his response when he gets caught in in in, in what he had done. And Kevin Spacey, you know, grills him because he's like, "You knew, he's that like, you knew that I didn't, I didn't take leads to yet. the bank, yeah. so you must have been the one that stole him." And, and he cracks, really and he quick. cracks. He immediately sings like a fucking canary. Yeah, and he goes back to being like he's. Begging. And then his last resort is, but my daughter. Yeah. And when when it was laid out like that, I was like, so yeah, of course this man cares about his daughter, but like that wasn't his first thought. Yeah. His first thought it's his was- his last resort. That's his, his last plea of like, okay, but also this. And when he was really concerned about, but I want this money, and ultimately. We haven't talked that much about it. We should highlight here. This is Lemon's, like, one, talk about one of our greatest- greatest actors yeah jack lemon it's an incredible in performance a dramatic performance for the ages a career uh like you know 
a siren song. Yeah. For Lemon. Uh, tears in his eyes, just like. That scene. Flipping back and forth between like desperation, oh. like everything he can do. Anger, to, like, fury, desperation, yeah. sorrow, grief. Like, uh, and, and, and also embodying a spirit of a dead age. Because yes. Lemon at the time is that. Yeah. He is that old. Yeah. He, you, you believe that he is this dinosaur. Yeah. Because he relic. is a dinosaur. Yeah. You know? Um, and he's. But he still has his fucking fastball because Jack Lemmon is so goddamn good in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the psychological realism, the stakes that that bring the themes forth that make this one uh, so special. And I want to say, like again, we're all Jack Lemmon. This is uh, America. We don't. We're on the shit leads. Yeah. Uh, portion of our. <laughs> Of our time. Yeah. Of our yeah. civilization. Yeah, we like, got shit leads. We don't have the Glen, the Glen Gary leads are gone. Yeah. They're used up. We don't have access to them anymore. And, you know, there's this great monologue that Ed Harris has where he talks about like, you know, that's what they do. They come in and, you know, uh, it used to be in our father's time. You know, you don't yeah. just sell one guy, one car, one year. You sell them five cars over 15 years. Yeah. But these guys, they come in and they want to make so much money so fast and they salt and then the they earth fuck off. where they were yeah. and they fuck off and we can't make any money yeah. anymore. And it's well, like, guess it's like what? oh shit, that's what we're living in right guess now. Guess what we're living in in every conceivable fashion, in every conceivable industry. Capital yeah. coming in and salting the earth yeah. barren yes. for every working person who wants to come behind To it. make a big, quick harvest. And even though those working people are slaves yeah. to capital, you are just as much of a slave. Yeah. And you are fucking Jack Lemmon in this yeah. goddamn movie. Yeah. So start putting yourself in his shoes yeah. because you live in fucking this goddamn real estate you're not even kevin spacey you're not even you're lucky if you're kevin spacey you're lucky if you're management and you're a you're you're a little piece of shit and you're a little sniveling sniveling little worm but yeah you're either a sniveling worm or you're jack lemon who's who's dirt yeah unless you were born alec baldwin yeah essentially and there's ways that you can fight yourself back into power you can be ricky with, you can be ricky Roma, but your but position is last. so precarious it's so precarious it can be because, ripped away e- because in a you're fucking pissed about the fact that you missed out on a six thousand dollars in a corvette yeah like that yeah. becomes your the, your measuring stick and what happens when he's jack lemon in 20 years yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it's same deal where like jack lemon he's made we haven't revealed this but you know he's made this eighty two thousand dollar sale and Kevin Spacey's like, yeah, when you told me that, like, I didn't want to really react to anything because, like, those people are crazy. Yeah, we've known they were crazy. We've that lead the, is a dead end. I gave you that lead because I don't like you. Yeah. And those people just like to talk no to good. salesmen. Yeah. Yeah, that check's going to bounce. And that's when you get the, like, amazing tears brimming in Alan Arkin, at Alan Arkin's eyes, uh, Jack Lemon's eyes. It, it, it's 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 just wild to watch him do it where it's just like it it's so organic feeling. it's a tour de force and it's like it's, it's like i see that and i'm like yeah like that's how <laughs> that's how like an old guy reacts to something like this yeah like that his life is over his life is over he's going to jail his daughter is dying and he's, and he's poor, going to jail and he's you know? poor. he has nothing he has nothing nothing at all and it can happen to you yep it can just be ripped away in, in any he doesn't even get to say goodbye to his friend quote yeah. unquote because his friend is doing the misdirection technique of oh i'm also on the phone i can't talk to you right now because ricky knows that something is is wrong and that like 
this is kind of a dead end for him. Yeah. And so he... Because his priority is making money. Is making... He is... His priority isn't friendship. Is to always be closing. To, he's always closing. Yeah. A, B, C. I'm on this call, like, sorry. And, like, you know, Jack Lemmon tries to wait around for a couple of seconds to, like, try to... To tell him something. We don't know what it is. He's like, but he wants to say something. I think he's just looking for any way for out. For any, anything. anything at all. But it's like, I'm so cute. And the cop is just like, he's not going to help you. And he's like, there's nothing. Ricky can't help you, man. Yeah. And he's like, and he holds on. And, he, and then, I, I don't know. There's just almost like, like this moment of. fate. He, yeah. This, this, and the office goes on as usual. And yep. the movie ends. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. It actually, yeah. It's, it's sad. It's a sad ending. You know, and you can talk all you want. You can say, look, this is a bunch of old white guys being indulgently white yeah, in it their is. white play. But it doesn't matter. Because it's still really good. It doesn't matter. You could, do the, you could do this play with all women. You could do this play with any ethnicity of people. You could do this movie again. They should do this movie again. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that there is that like gender and race is like definitely a part of this. In terms oh, of who's yeah. in, in, ter- in terms of like you couldn't do like a one like just like a copy paste and put all no, women in it or put no. like all black women in it like it would not work in the same way you would have to tweak major elements of it the the, the you the would definitely core, have to think the about core how you're themes yeah. remain true right but like, that's all I really but mean. this is like really baked into like also because I, I, I think it's also kind of like a like a, a white male thing as the like the temporarily embarrassed millionaire in that kind yeah. of like that's not t- totally restricted but it's like if I'm going to think of a class of people that I would say are most likely to think that they are in like some sort of level above what they are in terms of self-delusion it's going to be like it's going to be white guys for sure oh yeah it's going to be white guys uh, I guess I would just say uh, if the world I think what's changed, I think, yes, yes to everything you said, but everyone is becoming more and more of these men by the day. Yeah, there's kind Regardless of, a, kind of, a of their gender or their race, the flattening is happening, yeah. you know, yeah. um, where this is the mindset amongst yeah. everyone, which is just like grasping for and defining yourself by money. your relationship to money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Which is like again, like there is nothing new under the sun. Yeah. That has been the case for such a long time. But I think we both really feel that like we're kind of in this like this apex moment of 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 capitalism when it's like about to tip over into full decay. Well, it's we just are way less hard to it's way harder to ignore. Way harder to ignore. It's way more it in your face. It's way more at the it, end of history. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Which is when this movie was made at the yeah. end of history. So yeah. like. That was, that was the calm before the storm, we think. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at movies. I would much I would much rather like in, in terms of end of history movies, this, like one million trillion billion percent more interesting, uh, uh better in so many ways than Force Gump. Oh uh, my god. That's like god. another end of history movie yeah. that it's just like but but in in a, in a diluted sort of way. Yes. Versus this that's like, hey, like, oh, also this sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> also just this staring sucks. down the barrel yeah. of alienation and immiseration. Yeah. Um and it's a goddamn shame he didn't stick in that vein and and instead wrote a bunch of stuff about like, oh, how like women are going to lie wokes. about sexual assault and how white yeah. guys aren't allowed to say the N word. Isn't that weird? It's really tough. Probably. Uh. He's probably probably on like the, 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 the transes sort of thing and the wokeism and no one became more of Jack Lemmon than David Mamet. 
of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The machine. Levine the machine. Levine the machine. Yeah. That's David Mamet. Washed. Washed. <laughs> Called. Washed. Uh, so I would recommend Glengarry Glen Ross. Good. I'm uh, glad you think yeah, so. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I uh, knew nothing going into it. I honestly avoided it because I thought I wouldn't like it because it's like a, a bro movie. Mm-hmm. And I also have a prejudice against Alec Baldwin that has nothing to do with his current situation. Sure. Uh, and so I was like, fuck that. But he's barely in the movie. Yeah. So there's that. If you don't like Alec Baldwin, he's barely in it. Deal with 10 minutes of him. 10 minutes, like absolute maximum. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I recommend this. It, it's def, it, it's as good as, as people say. And I think that, that that's a real accomplishment, I think. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you went on that journey with me. Yes. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. I really like you were, it. Yeah, you it's were, you were stoked up. to see it. Yeah, that, held that, up, that's always really rewarding. Yep. You're like, great, some, it's fine. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. But boy, and this one yourself, does. Oof, oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been Movie Podcast Evangelion. Uh, thank you for listening. Watch Glengarry Glen Ross. Thank you. It's on Peacock. Yeah. It's on the cock. Yeah, go to the streaming service. Yeah. Um... We're, we're not sponsored. We're not getting any yeah, any Bye. That's how it goes.